Hey guys, want to welcome you into our morning devotional. My name is Tim. I'm lead ta- lead pastor at New Hope Church, and I speak for a living, but not very well. Uh, glad that glad that you've joined with us today. Um, we, as I have stated before, we are supposed to be socially distancing ourselves from each other, which is kind of tough when you're a church family that loves each other. But I do praise God that we have a platform like this where we can get together. And even though we're not in the same room, we can be of the same mind and the same heart in Jesus' name. Amen to that. Uh, We would like to know who you are if you're watching right now. So if you happen to be joining us on Instagram Live or Facebook Live or YouTube Live, or maybe you're on our, our, our streaming platform for our church. I don't think you can let us know there, but uh, when you get a chance, hop over to Facebook and let us know. But whatever platform you're on that you can, comment, comment, let us know your name and uh, where you're watching from. We'd just be glad to hear from you. And also one of the things that has been, uh, it's, it's been touching to me personally, is when I see people during these devotions putting out a prayer need, which I have asked you to do if you have a prayer request during this kind of difficult time to put it there in the comments section. And uh, and I'm asking the rest of you, if and when you see a prayer request like that, to either pray for it and like it, or pray for it and then let the person know that you're praying for them, or actually write out a prayer. And that's been happening and it has been so refreshing because it's kind of wild because we're not together, but we are together. And uh, the church is just kind of rattling around those who need a little bit of extra support and extra prayer power. And I just, I love it, okay? So here we go, it's Thursday. So beginning tonight, we're going to stream our services. Um, There'll be one tonight at 7 p.m. That is uh, Central Standard Time if you wanna join us from no matter where you are. And then the same thing on Sunday, uh, service times 8.15, 9.45, 11.15, and then uh, 5 p.m. Okay, the thing we're doing here, if you don't know, if you're just showing up for the first time, uh, I'm glad you're here for the first time, but we're just meeting together like this, and I'm reading from the book of John. I just thought the Lord laid it on my heart to, to just get together like this with whoever wanted to join in, and I would just read a little bit out of the book of John, maybe explain a little bit, not too much, hopefully. I did a little too much yesterday, but explain a little bit and uh, then pray for you, and then you go on your way throughout the day. And the thought behind it was there's so much bad news, so much bad news out there. I just want you to be able to get the good news, the good news. Of course, good news is found right here in God's Word. Although this is an iPad, I have God's Word on this, okay? So today we're gonna be in uh, John chapter two, and we're gonna be uh, looking at Jesus's first miracle, which if you're in church with us, then you know, that I recently preached on this passage of scripture. And so I've tried to dig a little deeper into it, but I, I, I was telling some folks before we, uh, we started this today that uh, I squeezed that scripture pretty hard the last time to get all I could out of it. But we'll just read through it and uh, I'll share some thoughts. And if you haven't heard any of this, and hopefully it'll be helpful to you. Uh, John chapter two, verse one, on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Um, and and uh, if you don't know what that is, third, third, third day of the week would be Tuesday, be Tuesday. And uh, Jesus is creator God, as we have learned a couple times now in this study of John and also in Colossians chapter one, he's creator God. And on Tuesday in the creation, God 
Jesus created, all the plants, all the fruit-bearing bushes and trees and vegetables and everything else, all that was created on a Tuesday. And here he is at a wedding on a Tuesday, <clears throat> pardon me, about to create again. He's about to do it again. Uh, says, uh, Jesus's mother was there, verse two, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, which I always make a point to tell you guys that he's not yelling at his mom here. This is a, a term of affection. It wouldn't be so today if we used it with our wife or with our mom, if our mom said something to us and we yelled woman, it would be taken the same way, but he probably didn't yell at it. He says, woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. And most people believe that this is pointing toward his crucifixion. And so he didn't want to go real public yet because he knew that that would set off a series of events that may take him to the cross sooner rather than later. Uh, my hour has not yet come. Verse five, his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And by the way, that's a good word for us. Do whatever he tells you to do. And uh, honestly, uh, there have been a few people questioning why we're not having church. And the reason we're not having church is not only because there's a sickness out there that we don't want our people to get, but also because the, the uh, authorities, the government has asked folks not to meet together in, in groups. And so according to Romans chapter 13, we are under the authority of God, of course, but also the authority, uh, the governing authorities which are over us, which have been placed there by God. And so we're trying to submit to authority. We're just trying to be good citizens and submit to authority and for all the right reasons, okay? <clears throat> and so uh, when, when it says here, do what he tells you to do, the truth is, he told us in his word in Romans 13 that we should submit to the authority. So us not having church feels like we're doing the opposite of what God wants us to do, but actually it, it's what God wants us to do. And we want everybody to be safe. We are in verse six. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Remember six in the Bible's man's number. Um, seven is God's number of completion or perfection. Six, think about this, uh, man was created on the sixth day of the week. On the seventh day, God had everything done and he rested or he finished. And so that was his, that's his number of completion. Uh, the number seven in the Bible, you got seven days in a week, seven colors of the rainbow and so forth. So seven is the number of perfection. Man is on, on day six, he's imperfect without God from day seven, right? So uh, here we go. You got six jars there, six jars used for the ceremonial washing by the Jews, which we could say is man's attempt to become uh, clean before God. So he's trying to be clean before God, trying to purify himself by washing. And the little background, I don't want to do too much because I made it too long yesterday. Um, but they had uh, 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 kind of like large bathtubs or, or, or like uh, hot tubs called mikvahs, M-I-K-V-A-H, I believe. And they would go, they would put water into those 
And at a certain time when they needed to be purified, they would just go and they would dip in there. It wasn't for taking a bath, it was for a ceremonial dipping and cleansing like that. Then they would come back out and be seen as clean. And so there's six of them here, six jars that they would pour, typically probably into a mikvah for, ceremon for ceremonial washing. And they were, we could say it, man's attempt, because it's the number six, which is man's number, attempt to purify himself before God. But you'll notice on this day, the jars were empty, which is kind of true that this was man's empty attempt to be pure before God, to be clean before God. Uh, let's see here. Jesus said to his servants, fill up the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Verse eight. Then he told them, now draw some, some out and take it to the master of the banquet. It, it is now wine. So Jesus takes something that was something totally different and he makes it into something brand new. He didn't just add some flavoring to the water because water isn't wine and wine isn't water. water well, wine comes from grapes. And so he made something new out of something that existed, which, hey, hey, God can take you. And no matter what uh, situation you're in, no matter what sin you've committed, no matter what mistakes you've made and boom, he doesn't just add a little flavoring to your life. He makes something new out of you. And I love that. Thank you, Lord, for doing that in our lives. But he's showing the, the big message here in this water to wine <clears throat> is he's showing us that he's replacing the old covenant of works with the new covenant of grace. Verse nine, they did so and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and he said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine for after the guests have had too much to drink, but you saved the best for last. Verse 11, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of his signs through which he revealed his glory and the disciples believed him up to then, up to then, uh, they just, I guess, considered him as a teacher, a rabbi, and uh, he's doing his thing, doing like what all the other rabbis were doing. But now with this miracle, he is out there. They know he's something uh, otherworldly, something divine. And he starts to draw the attention of the whole community and everyone else around him, which would ultimately lead to his crucifixion. And then verse 12, after this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and disciples and stayed there for a few days. <clears throat> Listen to me now. The world is looking in every other direction to find something to satisfy. But thank you, God, that Jesus finished it for us, that he, that Jesus does what it takes for us to be made new. And I want you to know today that he can make you new as well. And those of us that Jesus has gotten a hold of and worked on, we're still imperfect, still imperfect people, but God is still doing this work in us. First uh, chapter of Philippians says that God who began a good work in you will carry it on to the day of completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And uh, if you'll just say yes to him today, if you haven't, he'll begin that good work in you and make something beautiful out of your life. Now I'd like to pray for you before we go. Uh, Lord, for those who maybe are all alone, they're not just, uh, they're not just quarantined, self-quarantined for the time being, but they have just felt for a long time like they are 
living their life alone or in isolation, God, I pray that you would draw near to them right now and let them know that they don't have to be alone, that you wanna be there for them in every situation, no matter what they go through, that you care for them, that you love them, that you've been watching them, and that you wanna be a part of their life. God, I pray that you would heal the sick, protect, the, protect those who are healthy, give peace and assurance to those who maybe are a little worried. And I'm looking forward to the day, God, when we can all get back together and just have a big party in, as your church family once again, Lord, and get together and give some high fives and hugs, Lord. But until then, keep working on us, make us into the people that you want us to be. I pray this in the name of your son, Jesus, and all the people said, amen. Hey guys, have a great day. Uh, if you're coming to church uh, tonight online, I'll see you there. God bless, and we'll talk to you later.